I'm Adam Banerjee, and this is The Motivation Mike. I'm here with writer and comedian Emma Estrada. She hosted the I Love You Haha ha podcast on Apple and Spotify. She's currently the host at Hump Day Cabaret at El Cid, a raunchy and ridiculous comedy variety show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Adam. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. It is like... The most typical Los Angeles perfect weather mm. day mm -hmm. outside. Yeah, it is. I mean, you could go to the beach. You could not. You could stay home. It's great. Inside, outside. No <laughs> AC with AC. Yeah. It's awesome. I feel like you're about to spit bars. <laughs> Dude, don't even tempt me. Like, I honestly love to spit bars sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. Do you ever put that I, into your comedy? My bars? Yeah. Don't throw my bars into my comedy that much. Maybe a couple times I've tried, but never taken it that seriously. But okay. that's something I could do, I think, you know, eventually down the line. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um, I ventured into that a little bit as well. Like I, I wrote a song called Bitch, I'm Not Your Uber. <laughs> and it was from when I was just a frustrated Uber driver. But like even when I had a Prius and even when I wasn't driving on the clock, like no emblems. Yeah. People were flagging down my car. What? And it was just like, bitch, I'm not your Uber. <laughs> And um, I remember I was actually in Madrid um, doing stand-up and I performed that. <laughs> and I remember like the first half was like just straight up like regular stand-up comedy. Yeah. And at the end, I just like threw that in. And I remember the audience like just didn't know what to do with it. They oh. were like, oh, okay. <laughs> like they, they all just looked so shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Just cold turkey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I found that funny. Yeah. So at least I got to laugh. Yes. You had a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone else was blank. like <laughs> their blank faces just staring back at you. What a lovely sight. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It really yeah. was. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't relatable. Yeah. I mean, they have Ubers in Madrid right like yeah that's a thing did you do it in spanish or um they told me not to do it in spanish um what? hablo espanol no perfectamente pero hablo okay um but it's like they don't want you to do uh comedy in spanish mm -hmm. there because they they have like a it's like touristy like the bars and stuff so they want you to perform it in english oh yeah. that's interesting how was that when you went there like do you go for stand-up or did you just go to madrid for fun no i was going for fun but then oh. it was just like i was like oh i wonder like what stand-up is like here and then just mm -hmm. doing that there were some um like holly weird jokes type thing that i had that really hit there oh. and i feel like it's one of those things where it wouldn't hit as hard in Hollywood um, because it's just yeah. like people have, it's all about where people are coming from, like, and the concept, right? So it's like people have this image of Hollywood and mm. when you can kind of give them a window in, yeah, I think that's like really interesting and you can find that comedic angle. But if you live yeah. here, yeah, it's totally different. Yes. Yeah. It's very different. If you live here, you kind of like have your blind spots and you don't really see, you know, your own existence and its flaws yeah yeah a lot of flaws happen in hollywood a lot of flaws a lot of positive things too but it can be a cesspool sometimes for big egos and mm. you know turbulent emotions unnecessary drama lack of um environmental awareness because there's not a lot of nature here you know you have to really seek it out yeah yeah i mean hollywood is like I feel like very quickly when I first moved here, I realized like, oh, most stuff doesn't happen right in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, there is, yeah. it does happen <laughs> there, but yeah. it's, it's like, it's very, LA is very sprawled out. Yes. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to Hollywood. It's going to be so glamorous. And then they go to Hollywood and they're like, this is so dirty. And there's people on drugs yelling at me all the time. Oh my God. And there's a naked man. What am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. And as a woman, I mean, I could imagine that that experience is even more intense because mm -hmm. people don't bother me for that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. there was a woman yesterday oh. who was like, you dropped your batteries. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I did drop my batteries. And then she was like, pick them up, pick them up, pick them up. And I was like, oh, I should not engage. Adam, don't engage, don't engage. engage. Um, But usually I feel like, guys, we don't get hit as hard with that. No, not harassment. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it varies. Yeah. You get different types of harassment, I feel like. Or like if a a woman's harassing you, it's probably passive aggressive or something. Mm, You know, passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're a little confused. You're like, I feel like I just was violated, but I don't really know because she's smiling. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good way to put that experience. Um, Thanks. I feel very seen right now. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, shout out to all the men who cannot read women's emotions, you know? (laughs) (laughs) We're complicated human beings. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, it's true. It's like, guys, like we want to understand. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's so hard yeah. to understand. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes you can even ask, but, like, you won't get really a straight answer. It's a lot of convoluted things that they say. But I feel like men, too, like, men are hard to to read sometimes. Or, mm. like, they, they don't really express what's going on. Like, if they're angry, they'll, like, act out or something. I mean, women do this, too. I think. Yeah. I think generally humans could be a little bit better about expressing what's going on internally without it coming across as passive aggressive Mm. but that also depends i think on your upbringing as well do you think things are like nature nurture or like like what's your take on like things are you know my parents did this so i'm like this or like you can come out of that and step out of that pattern yeah i definitely think it plays a huge role i do think that it can be overcome Mm. Um, yeah. And not saying it won't continue to have maybe like some impact, but I do think that people can heal. Um, cause I've done a lot of reading about this, like with the work I do in life coaching and all that, because yeah, I work a lot with, um, self-sabotage and this type of thing too. And even like with writing stand up, it's weird because you get this like window into your own life and personality and you're like, I'm fucked up. And then you're like, do I want to fix this? <laughs> you're like, no, it's funny. Yeah. I'm like, a part of it is very like therapeutic because you're like, oh, like I'm using my trauma and my pain and expressing it. And like now I feel seen and I feel like people can, it's productive in some way. Like people can enjoy it and laugh at the artistic section of it, whatever. Rather than it just being something that pervades your life and every choice you make. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it definitely has an impact. And recently, too, I've been reading about how, like, parents can, like, send very subtle messages to their kids without even, like, stuff that they say about them. It'll be, like, stuff they say about themselves. Like, if they have a judgment about themselves... Or if if they want their life to be a certain way and it's not whatever, um, just when we're kids, we have that example in front of us and it kind of starts to shape the way we see the world. So, you know, that's the type of thing people try to unravel. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like the projection of like, you should get a better job. It's like maybe they're thinking like, I need a better job. or I'm not happy financially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. like I'm miserable with my life. Like, yeah. I mean, not to go into too much detail, but like, I feel like I do get, you know, I think that's what a lot of parents, they want, you know, especially for us creative people, like our parents can really want us to go towards a more maybe analytical career, or like mm. a career that shows security and promise. And to be honest with you, like, if you're not happy in your job, like you're not going to make a lot of money. Like you're not going to, and even if you do make money, it's going to be like sad money because you're not happy. Sad money. It's sad money. You're not, you're not happy. And I think there's such thing as happy money. Um, there's actually a book called happy money. That's actually pretty good. But I think it's like, you know, whatever energy you imbue around how you make your money and you know, how you give it, how you receive it. Like that is really important and to be aware of it because sometimes we get a lot of programs growing up about money and about like what we should do with our lives and our time and like that's not productive or like why are you doing that like there's no result of that but i feel like you know ditch the 
expectation. Like, get rid of the results. Like, okay, yeah, maybe you have an idea of what you want and then just let it go. Because life is going to run its own course and you can't control it. You can only control what you can control. Yeah, literally that's true. Right? And then what you can't control, you just accept. Like, for example... Right now, I'm breaking out really badly on my face. You guys can't see it. You're welcome. But <laughs> like, and I don't know why. I've first of all, I've always had acne my entire life. Same. But like, really, you too. Yeah. Your skin's so clear, though. Yeah, I took like fucked up drugs. Yeah, that does it. <laughs> yeah, I took Accutane, and then like ten years later, they were like, "This drug like causes cancer and like may kill your, may destroy your intestines." And you're like, "I took that." I did it three times. Or, oh, you took no, it as well? I think I did it twice. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. And now I have, like, scars on my face. And, like, my immune system took years to get better. And I'm still working with my immune system. Yeah, it's really fucks you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, like, how bad it can get, right? That we, like, are pushed to those extremes. Where we'll be like, oh, my God, this thing can help me. Mm. And then we're willing to kind of forego. But, I mean, like, I'm sure, like, you talked to a dermatologist, like, you know, yeah. like, and they were like, oh, you know, like, the benefits can outweigh the, the cons, potentially, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember just, like, kind of getting shook. I mean, I had no reason to get shook, but, like, well, I guess technically I did. Anyways, when I was looking at the pill box, I remember, like, I don't know if you remember they had, it was, like, a pregnant woman yeah. with an X on it. Yeah. And it just... Yeah. It just is a weird thing to see. It's, it feels like a horror movie when they're mm. like foreshadowing something. But I think that's more just, I did, I got paranoid and I researched it. I was like, am I okay? Am I okay? And um, I think it seems like from what I read on Google, you know, that yeah. like people after it's cycled out of their body and stuff, like yeah. they're okay, you know, yeah. women too. So yeah, I do yeah. think like, you know, if especially if you're taking a lot of antibiotics growing up, or like something like Accutane or something like birth control, like that will affect your body. It's going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect your, um, your, the quality of your skin. It's going to affect the quality of your gut and your intestines and, you know, your immune system. And that's something that, you know, I've really had to work through um, because so many things, have come up in my body and my, and my health. And like, I have just been trying everything. Like I tried so many different diets and like, you know, stress techniques and like all these things and topicals and, you know, medicines and supplements. And sometimes, you know, you could do everything and you still don't get the result you want. So that's when acceptance comes in, you know, that's when it's like radical acceptance, just like, this is who I fucking am. I, excuse me but you're good like i love myself i accept myself i'm beautiful even if i don't believe it i'm just like i'm fucking beautiful and then like you kind of own it you know yeah i hear that there's something to that like affirmations and things like that because i remember like i used to do it um and it would be hard to kind of if you have like a negative thought or you kind of feel like oh this is bs i'm like bsing myself but eventually you start to align with it, I think, mm, as long yeah. as, I don't know, it kind of weaves into your life. I guess it depends what the affirmation is or yeah. what you're what you're getting into, but it takes time, I think. Yeah. Depends what the affirmation is for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am not great today. I am doing really, really bad, but I am grateful. <laughs> yeah. Silver lining. Uh, silver lining. Yeah. I have hair on my head. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how we met. We met at the Pasadena Comedy, which mm-hmm. I just learned today mm-hmm. no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Defunct. Which is crazy because mm-hmm. it wasn't even that long ago. <laughs> How long ago was that, you think? Oh my God. Like, I want to say like eight months ago. Eight months ago. Right? Yeah. Right. Nine months ago. And you were like, this guy is such a drifter. He's going back to Atlanta in two days. Because yeah. I remember when I hit you up, you're like, how long are you here this time? Yeah. So tell me. What what happened? Why are you here? Well, this feels like my therapy session. Yeah, tell me. I have a lot of therapists in my family, so you do. Yes. How many therapists? Therapists do you have and in your teachers. Um, my mom has three sisters. Um, two of them studied therapy, and um, no, I think I think all three of them studied therapy. Yeah. Wow. And one was like an actor and then became like a monk and then 
my grandpa was like a teacher and salesman and anyways but yeah there's like a lot of therapy people i think because they were trying to understand their fucked up childhoods yeah 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 but yeah right yeah oh i will go but i also want to know about your journey so well yeah so i was in atlanta for about two years yeah the pandemic okay and um at the time it just made sense um also i have family in florida so it was a little bit closer when everything was just going off the rails to say the least it feels weird that it even happened it's like the memory is just so odd Mm. but um yeah i think i just i had been here for about seven years already yeah um like before I moved to Atlanta and when I came back, I I just was missing it. I was missing LA. Yeah. So when I came back and we were doing stand up Pasadena comedy and I was seeing all my friends and doing those like random daytime mics and just being able to don't get me wrong, Atlanta actually does have a good stand up scene. Yeah. I just did like the fact that like in LA you can get up at almost any time. Um, I mean, there's just so many opportunities and it's such a huge community. Mm. And, um, in Atlanta, I was auditioning a lot. It did feel a little bit like a vacuum because like I came there during the pandemic. So it's like everything was virtual. Like Mm. I never met. Well, I did, I did get a one-on-one, um, with a casting director I met, but generally speaking, it was like. It just felt a little bit disconnected, even though I was getting great opportunities and grateful for that. But yeah, in LA, it was like, it came up from that experience of like meeting them all in person or whatever. So I guess just like the acting feel feels more connected for me here. And just because all the people I know, I mean, yeah, like a lot of people um, in Atlanta, it's just more of like people that are like working day to day, you know, and that's cool. It's just a different path. I really do personally enjoy being around a ton of creative people, it's motivating to me. It like pushes me to want to be more creative. When you say working day to day, what do you mean? Um, people that just have uh, regular jobs. Okay. Yeah, just regular jobs. Like, you there's know? not as many creative people out there, or like creative professions, or. I would say um, there is a lot going on in Atlanta, so I don't want people listening to get the impression like, oh, Atlanta isn't yeah, popping no, like that. No, not. it really is. But yeah, I would say because LA is still the major hub for that, that it's there's more people in Atlanta that are a little more hobbyist okay. about it. Yes, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just a different choice, you know? Like that's cool too. If you want to do your regular job and do this like part time yeah. or whatever, that's cool. But there are people that are like die hard as well. So that still exists. Yeah. But I, I feel like LA has more of that. Like, yes. Yeah. That like culture. we're doing this to make money and to like make this our lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why you see a lot of people that are like, they have Atlanta agents and stuff, but they're, they live in LA. Oh. Yeah. And they work in LA. So it depends, you know, like if you have family um, in that area, you can work as a local hire technically. Oh. Um, so you kind of just have to see like how it works out for you. Oh, yeah. okay. So there's like laws around being able to work? I don't know okay. the legality of it. <laughs> I want to be careful about it because I don't okay. want people to get like, they're like, oh, he said this on this podcast. And then, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think find that out for yourself. Talk to your, if you have an Atlanta agent, you can talk to them about it. If you want to move. Um, there are people like just in, in Florida that work with like agencies in Florida or agencies in Georgia. So mm. it's just kind of a mix. And uh, from my perspective, it seems to be like, what is your particular life situation and dynamic? Yeah. Like yeah. what is your connection yeah. to the South? Yeah. Um, because some people who have, who have no connection to the South, like want to reach out there and see what they can do and still not ever be there. And I feel like that's a little bit harder to do. And the agent might be less enthused to do it because it's like, well, I don't really know you. I don't know how quick you you would get here. If you did book mm. something, where would you stay? Do you have an address here? Um, mm. So that's when it gets a little bit tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So you moved out here because you just wanted to be closer to creative people, your friends, 
maybe more opportunities, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was moving closer to voiceover. Okay. And I knew as I was getting closer and closer to working with Atlas, I was like, you know, they're, they're going to want me in LA, you know, it's like, it's better to be here. So that way I can be at the studios and stuff to record. So that worked out perfectly. Yeah, it's been about three weeks uh, since I've been working with them. Mm-hmm. Like lots of auditions, and wow. um, it's so fun. Really? I I almost I almost feel guilty because I'm having so much fun. I feel. <laughs> did you ever have like a box of toys yeah. when you were a kid? Like, yeah, I had that big box of toys. Yeah, and that's what I. That's what it feels like. Oh it my feels God. like I'm like six <laughs> again with like all the different Spider-Man versions and stuff. Like oh. it's just. I get to play a lot of various characters that are so far outside of how I would ever get cast normally, mm, unless mm. I did something drastic to my look. Yeah, it's yeah. just cool that your voice is what matters in oh, that scenario. That's amazing. Yeah. You can do that from anywhere, really, if you just record yourself properly. The yeah. audition, at least. Yeah. 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 The dubbing is a new thing I'm like, learning about. Like, it's That's a whole thing. Um, just sometimes you don't even get to hear the original, and they're just like, here's the script. Um, this is a, a film, for example, from Germany, and we're doing the English version, and uh, you read it, right? And it's like, you know that there's like an original interpretation, but at the same time, like as an actor, you're used to bringing yeah. your original interpretation. Wow. So, I mean, in that scenario, it's like I have no choice but to give my interpretation because I don't know what they filmed. Yeah. But when it's already filmed, mm-hmm. you wanna you wanna match it. Yeah. Because it looks weird if like your choices are dramatically different. Exactly. From what they did. And that's why there are people that are dubbing actors. Like they don't even act act. Like they just they only do dubbing. It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. That's like a whole career. It's a whole career. Dubbing people. Dubbing. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Never really got into voiceover, but I'm really like I was interested in it for a little bit because like I like the the lifestyle that surrounds it. Right. You don't have to be seen all the time. Like that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, as a comedian, that would be perfect for you. And then also Mm. because you do a lot of character work. Like, I feel like we didn't really give our first encounter the respect it deserves because (laughs) like when I met you, you were (laughs) you were playing like a young boy. Uh, or maybe maybe a young man a okay. young man you were in like golfing shorts and oh, like a polo oh i was a dad was i doing a shakespeare i feel like i was a dad doing a shakespeare monologue in an acting class maybe yeah maybe yeah 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 you were you were doing a shakespeare monologue and there was this like <laughs> like you kept trying to be brave as the character but then you like oh i hope that's good and uh, then going back at it and it was just i was like who is this girl really <laughs> this was hilarious I feel like you're probably the only person laughing at that, but yeah, it was, you know, my character work, I feel like, (laughs) I don't even know what I'm doing with that. I just, I'm like, this is a funny idea. I want to act out. And when I, when I think of character actors, I'm like, wow, they're really good. Like they become the character completely like groundlings people or whatever. And then I look at me and I'm like, maybe you know i'm not like that but like it's still just fun for me to do like weird shit like that so i i like to do it but i'm glad that you liked it and um yeah you did stand up that night right i did yeah yeah i remember being like oh this guy's good oh yeah thanks. like he's funny i was wearing also, like these where same is he pants. from <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was wearing these same pants oh. and like a plaid i was getting roasted basically. oh yeah of course. Or, like the guy after me of course i think the term was breeder he was like you are such a breeder oh so oddly specific yeah i was like yeah that's was my thought as well i was like i kind of like i liked that roast though like that is oddly specific if you can't see what he's wearing he's wearing like exercise pants yeah like yeah great exercise pants yeah i was yeah my roommate was saying how like this hoodie when i was like eating and i had like the hood up and he's like you look like such a thug and then when you turn it's like nice adam Oh, man, the outfit yeah. can say a lot. Yeah, you could be like, you remind me of somebody that could do like like uh, white magic or something right now. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, like you would know about 
like crystals and mm-hmm. stuff. I know a little bit about crystals. You do? Not like a lot. I mean, like my sister does wire wrap jewelry with crystals. So like sometimes I'll go with her to the store and I'll be like, that's a fun one. But I don't really believe that like they bring like certain specific things. I think um, like having an object with you can bring you a lot of like strength or me whatever you want it to bring you like whatever you imbue in it like it can bring you that but in terms of the scientific effects of a crystal like i don't know i don't know i just don't i don't know let's just say i don't know a lot about it so yeah i'm not really gonna affirm or deny yeah 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 Yeah. you could do like a white turban and that would just your look would change so much oh my god i'm going to a halloween party tonight you should get a white turban. Bro, I don't even know how to d- tie a turban on my head. Yeah, also, is that okay for me to do as a Guatemalan Jewish woman? Oh, you're Guatemalan and Jewish. Yeah. That's a really cool mix. Thank you. What's your mix? Me- what Are you mixed? No. Yeah, take a guess. I want to say like Indian and like, I want to say Latino a little bit. Um, but you're nodding. Well, no, I'm just taking it in. So uh, definitely Indian. Yeah, I'm half Indian sure, and half yeah. Polish. Shut up. <laughs> well, you got so serious. Well, I just can't see the Polish. Oh. I mean... Maybe the feet, like the... I feel like my facial features are somewhat Polish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But you have like dark yeah. hair and like... Yeah, it's like yeah. the tone and the hair. And the like, nose. The nose. The nose is Indian to me. Mm. But your other features are very Polish. I can see that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. I want to see what your parents look like. Yeah, maybe I'll show you sometime. Um, a Polish person and an Indian person. I know, I know. It's like it's a crazy combination, and I look like Jeff Goldblum. Like, wow! Yeah, that's what God decided. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see that for you. So, how did you? I'm sorry, I'm switching the conversation. But how did you get into acting and stuff and like all this? Because you seem so passionate about it, and like, I'm just curious. Yeah, I think I was just always more extroverted as a kid. Like, I was just always trying to get people's attention. I think it comes back a little bit to that nature versus nurture thing, right? It was like uh, my dad split when I was really young. And then my mom was always busy. Like, she was always, like, working to make money because he didn't pay child support and shit. I know. I know. I don't. It's hard to get child support from India. Like, it's too far. (sighs) It's just too far. It's hard to get it as it is. Yeah. Then to get it from India. Yeah. Deadbeat Indian dad. You don't hear that a lot. I know. I know. It's my experience. Yeah. Was um, he well to do or? I think relatively. Like he was an engineer. Okay. Yeah. So when I got, when I went to India, this fool had marble floors and I was like, this motherfucker. So yeah. you met him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he raised me until I was about like six or seven. And when I say he raised me, I mean like sat on the couch and like watch TV. Um, so I had been exposed to my father before. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me see. Maybe I can show you a quick photo. Because okay. I was like posting some like nostalgic stuff about India for Diwali. Oh, um, Diwali is New Year. So it's like the start of the fiscal year in India, and um, it's called the Festival of Lights. So it's about like prosperity. So when you say like Happy Diwali to somebody, it's just like saying like I'm bringing like blessings on you oh, and like all that stuff. I so, love that, and I mean yeah. it seems like there's a lot of new prosperity in your life, especially with the voiceover and this podcast. Like yeah. a lot of abundance coming yeah. your way. So you can get away with the turban. You could say Adam said it was fine. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say that. It's a good idea. This half Indian guy who saw his father one time. (laughs) He knows about India, kind of. (laughs) Can you speak any languages from India or? I cannot speak Hindi. It is a little bit shameful for me with my family. (laughs) Porque. See, like, that's how, that's how much I'm like more like in touch with like Latino. I'm going to start speaking Spanish with an Indian accent. It's Pero. very weird. Pero, ¿por qué necesitas hablar sobre este tema? That is so weird. That needs to be something you do on stage. My brain, the wires are just crossed when you do that. 
<laughs> you know what was weird? When I went to Spain, there were Indian immigrants there that this just this <laughs> as I'm speaking, I'm like, I'm just I this is not that weird. It's just that this is someone's experience. Um <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, it's so weird because I'm so American and I eat Lay's chips and like hot dogs. Um, Go Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's a lot of Indian immigrants in Spain who like speak Spanish with an Indian accent. And for me, that was a mind fuck because I was like Indian yeah. accent, Spanish, like. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to a more global world anyway. So that's. Yeah, we are. Very we common. Are. Right, right. Do you speak Spanish? How in touch with you Más are you? Más o menos. Ah, okay. Uh, un poquito. Un poquito. Hablo español un poquito. Me, me encanta hablar español. Me encanta uh, escuchar español. Y me encanta el acento de español. Pero no eh, sé muchas palabras de español. Y gramática o cosas así. ¿Por qué? I'm sorry, wait, this is not Está Spanish. bien, está okay. bien. Viví en Argentina por cinco meses, entonces aprendí wow. español un poquito, porque es uh, la mejor manera de uh, aprender español, es cuando, uh, you know, viven en un país. Definitivamente lo es, mm -hmm. y el acento en Argentina es oh, muy, muy fuerte, es como Suecia. Sí, sí. Como che, boludo. Like, como italiano. Esha. Esha. Sí. Uh -huh. y, y en España es como Barcelona. Ajá. Uh -huh. Oh, she. I don't know. Hay mucho vocabulario que es muy diferente en España. Like, oh. muchas maneras más complicadas a decir algo. Mm -hmm. Like, to say something else before people are like... I'm confused on this podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, All right. Translation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just saying that, you know, probably from context clues. But, like, yes. yeah, like, we're just saying how the accents just are so varied um, among different countries where they speak yes. Spanish. It's you beautiful. Know, and the vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you were to go to Chile, you'd be like, what the fuck did they just tell yeah, me? Because yeah. it's so fast. It almost becomes another language. They don't finish the, the ends of their words. Argentina has the sh sound. It's more Italian sounding. It's very European. Mexico is very... Mexico is the easiest Spanish, I think, to understand. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a little more maybe what we're used to as well. Wait, is your dad in the back there? Yeah. This is... That describes... Yeah. That's a perfect way to embody his relationship <laughs> to me. Can you describe yes, it? Yes, yes. Okay, you guys. <laughs> you guys, this is hilarious. Adam is in India. With his art shoulder around his mom, who's much shorter than him. This is technically my stepmom. Like, it's his new wife. Okay, yeah, yeah. so his dad's new wife, uh, hugging her. And maybe about 10, 15 <laughs> feet behind them is his dad holding a cane, his arms crossed, in a sweater and a beanie, looking really upset. <laughs> and just facing the camera. It's just, it's representative of how you were raised. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very clear, right? Oh, yeah. It's very clear how I was raised. Yeah, my dad was so weird. Like, he was just like, Adam, I'm going to buy you a shirt. And I'm like, a shirt? <laughs> a shirt? After all these years yeah. of nothing. Can you just, like, be there for me and apologize? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he, like, came to sleep in the same bed with me. And I was like, am I about to get molested? <laughs> How old were you? 21. <laughs> he closes the mosquito net. There's a no. mosquito net. And he like closes no. it and just like rolls up next to me. I'm like, what no. the fuck is this? No, what did you I'm do? like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to sleep here. I'm going to sleep here. There's nowhere else to sleep. He's like, I'm giving you my bed. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I'm like... I'm listening to Calvin Harris. Like, this is like a flashback. This is like a dream. When you left me and my family. Yeah. Oh, Calvin Harris's dad left him. I, I made up the last section. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sounds like Calvin Harris lyrics. And then the bass drops. <laughs> left, 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 left. <laughs> Yeah, that would no be no more so daddy, no more daddy. <laughs> Shake that ass, no more daddy. It's like specific type of music for very 
specific parts of trauma in people's yeah. lives. Well, let's be real. People going clubbing probably have some daddy issues, you know, constantly yeah. going clubbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever have a period like that, like where you were going clubbing all the time? Oh, yeah. I had my, like, my era, you know. Um, I'm 26 now, but when I was younger, I would go clubbing a lot. I mean, when I was in Europe, I went clubbing a couple times, but... I stopped drinking alcohol and smoking weed. And so I don't really imbibe on like substances anymore. So in a club when the environment's like everyone's really close together, the music's really loud, um, people grind on you, just like alcohol flowing. Like after a while, like if the music's not good and like I can't actually dance dance. Yeah. Like it's not a vibe. Yeah. I used to go clubbing starting at 16 years old. And because in Philly they used to have these clubs where you could go at 16 years old and um, just like, yeah, they had like mocktails and stuff, but it was, it was weird. It uh-huh. was weird. It was just like all about trying to pick up girls that you don't know and stuff. And yeah. like, yeah, as a 16 year old, <laughs> <laughs> you have no game. Yeah. I had like no game. And yeah. then like when one fine girl would dance with me, I would just be like jackpot fucking jackpot and then everyone would just stare at you like you won the lottery like everyone's like jealous of you and like you're putting on this like weird show for everybody yeah it's so weird because it's like it is a show everyone's looking at you you're looking at everyone everyone's like who's hot who's not but it's so funny like with a woman like if a guy comes up to us we're just like whatever and like yeah. for guys they're like if a girl comes up to you guys you're like yeah but i mean not every guy but like i feel like when you're younger it's like that you know? right right you're like a girl touched me and then you're like okay well i'm gonna jam my penis into her butt crack like that's what clubbing is sometimes you know just like yeah. how can we have sex without having sex right Standing yeah up. and in 2022 it's like is this is, is this? this still okay? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's real. questionable. It's questionable. Well, that's um, what was happening to me at the club, and I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. So, I, and yeah. I was like, I don't need to deal with this shit anymore. I left. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, it's a whole vibe. I remember like going out with my friends that were wealthier than me, and like getting like bottle service and like that that type <laughs> of thing. I remember just thinking, this is the way to do it. If you have a table this is the way because it's like yeah in the club it's just weird when you're in this like hodgepodge of all these people but i mean that just might be us like i'm sure that there are people that like like live for that oh yeah there's people that are like can't wait for friday and saturday yeah and maybe sunday yeah and thursday i mean for me it's like i just like going to like a dive bar or just like a bar where i could drink like craft beers and stuff like where the music's like good and it's kind of loud but i could still Talk to somebody. Yeah. Have yeah. a conversation. I like that. And I also like going somewhere where I can dance. But I noticed that I have to actually go to dance studios to do that. Because if you're going to a club, like, you know, or a gay club, because men won't hit on you. Mm. or But usually dance class. Lately, I've been going to dance class called Dance Church. And it's really cool. Just like an hour and a half. You just dancing and loud music in a warehouse. And like, there's like kind of a teacher there. You can follow her if you want, but you don't have to. And it's like really freeing. So it's pretty sick. Check it out. Dance Church if you're interested. Dance Church. That's a plug. It yeah. sounds like a really good like IG handle as well. Yeah, for sure. It is their IG handle, I think. Yeah, yeah that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, they have like playlists, like trademark playlists on Spotify and stuff. It's a whole, it's like Zumba, but Dance Church. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about like, what keeps you motivated in this stand-up game so consistently because it's... It's pretty brutal out there. I mean, like, you've got to have such resilience to keep going. I mean, in acting alone, like, but with stand-up, it's just, you know, the feedback is a little more immediate. And I know, like, for me, like, I love that about it. But it's also kind of like you live and die on your own sword up there. So, like, what what keeps you in this? I mean, you could argue acting's the same. Like, you're constantly going on auditions and you're not going to get most of the auditions you go on, right? Yeah. So, when I do stand-up, I'm not going to get all the laughs I wanted or sometimes I'm going to bomb and I'm not going to do well. Um, but sometimes I'm going to do really well and it feels really good to make a lot of people laugh with something I did or said. Sure. It goes back to like wanting validation, but there's also a part of me that like feels I have a gift for writing and for performing. And I want to share that gift with as many people as possible. Um, also speaking of healthy addictions, like 
to me, stand-up is a healthy addiction. Like, it's a creative outlet for me, and it's something that I like to do. Um, it's an art form, and um, it's so immediate. I get that immediate gratification. Yeah. How long have you been doing stand-up? Um, I started 2020, so, like, wow. about two and a half years now. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I started, too. I took a stand-up class online, and... Um, with my mom, actually. Your mom was doing stand-up in the class as well? She does stand-up, yeah. Wow. Your mom sounds so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, she's a fascinating lady. New Yorker. <sighs> yeah, she does stand-up as well. Is she the Guatemalan one or the Jewish one? New York Jew, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So then from there, I just started doing stand-up because it was the only outlet available during the pandemic. Like, there's no improv, no sketch, you know? Yeah. I mean, some people did TikTok, which I... It's true. Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Could have done, but I literally am now just coming close to the idea of doing TikTok. Like I'm starting to do more TikTok. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's different. Like I've done some of my stand up bits on TikTok and I created some original content there. But yeah, it's just different. It's different. It's a yeah. whole game. Like I talk to a guy. He's like, yeah, I do it every day. He's like, if you post a video every day, you will get more followers. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's a lot. That's a lot to post a video every single day. Yeah. I think so. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it doesn't take that long. But Depends what your content is. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I feel weird about posting content that I don't really like that much. Yeah. You know? Right. It's like you want to feel good about like what you're putting out into the world, which makes sense. Um, yeah. So when you were a kid, um, were you into performance at all? That's a great question. Um, and I want to know for you too. But yeah, I, 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 I did like... I was looking at a photo album the other day and I saw myself like doing musicals and plays in elementary school and i also did dance like my whole life dance class so i was always on stage somehow okay yeah that's cool yeah it was it was, it was fun for me for sure what about you yeah i was involved in some acting when i was a kid like i remember doing like some monologues at auditions and stuff um then yeah it was always just like a little bit of like a hobby like when i was a kid and then when I was in college, we had this like dramatic improv course, which got me like really into acting, which is crazy to like think back to dramatic improv because like I've never even seen a class like that since I took it. I'm sure it exists still, but it was like a trip. It was a trip. What is dramatic improv? Just like comedy improv, but dramatic? Yeah, pretty much. It's just like goes places. It felt very... Like almost like therapy like because yeah there would be like moments where like a scene would go a certain direction and it like it kind of pointed to or it could allude to something going on in that person's like personal life like I've seen people kind of like break down have certain experiences or like the teacher would kind of question he would kind of break up the scene like he would stop the scene and be like hey did you ever have this going on for you and then he would enter the scene he's like I'm gonna enter the scene as this person in your life and that stuff kind of cracked me open a little bit i was like damn this is crazy powerful too wow yeah yeah lee richardson r.i.p yeah he sounds like famous it sounds like i've heard of him or something maybe his name is just like i think classic he name. may have done some broadway okay um he was a famous black actor in New York, and I think he spent some time in L.A. as well. Um, Are you in acting class now? Or no? Or any classes? I'm doing Groundlings right now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I'm doing Groundlings. It's, uh, it's called a Power Wow, so it's basically like it doesn't really count for anything. It's, it's like a place to get reps. You just go to get reps. Um, and I know that might sound weird. Like, why would he go just to get reps? But... Basically, I got into their advanced program, uh, Writer's Lab, I should say. It's called the Writer's Lab. And the Writer's Lab is like a one-shot deal. It's like the, it's like basically, I think, the top class you can do there. So I didn't want to just rush into it. I wanted to like just really fine-tune my characters and what I'm doing there. So yeah, I'm going to wait till like December or January and then do the Writer's Lab. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. How has it been going through Groundlings? Amazing. Yeah. I feel like Groundlings changed my life because they help you find your comedic voice and they're very 
straight up about it. You know, they're just like, oh, and it's also very personal. Like the characters you'll find there. It's like you're you're pulling from your experiences, your personal life, your family, and then you're performing it. So it's almost like there's almost like a stand up element type thing to it, which I didn't get from improv before because they'll have you up there alone performing kind of like when I met you, right? Yeah. Like that kind of thing, like up there in front of people performing as the character and it's just you. Mm. Like, you know, so you're seeing how your material really works up there. So yeah. yeah, I felt like Groundlings really helped me like build up that level of confidence and um, just like finding my voice. So yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful. Mm. Do you think it's given you different opportunities or collaborations with other people or like anything like that yeah i think a lot of the teachers are um just very connected in the industry as well so i yeah. just feel like you're in good company mm, it's not important. cheap it's yeah. not cheap but you're in good company and i, I view it as an investment mm, yeah. yeah i'm going to see my friend do the writing lab tomorrow her class is performing she's oh, been really cool. nervous about it because i think it, it seems very like cutthroat like if you don't make it you don't make it so she's like i'm worried but yeah 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 she should be fine i yeah. think it's like it's it's one great opportunity i think it is dangerous to start thinking of it as like the be all and end all because there are so many avenues in this industry mm. so i just feel like getting yeah. very caught up because i remember when i was at ucb there were a lot of people who are like i've been trying for 10 years to get on a house team and like this is going to be my year oh. this is going to be my year and you're just like oh my god like it just sounds like like move on yeah move on like this is not no this does not determine the rest of your no. life make your you own know? work like go to a different class yeah yeah switch it up you don't have to live for this like no. go have other experiences and then come back to this literally um, yeah. yeah so so yeah, that's kind of how I view it. Like it's a wonderful place to have that opportunity, but at the same time, it, it doesn't define me in my career. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. That's cool. So you said earlier, a lot of people tell you that you should get into life coaching and all that. I'm yeah. kind of curious. Like, so you have a very naturally motivational personality. I think so. Yeah. I think I get it from my mom, to be honest with you. She's very motivational. But I've also like I love reading books about personal development and personal growth and nutrition and health. And, um, you know, when I was going through a hard time, that kind of literature and those lectures really helped me um, help myself when I couldn't afford therapy, really. Um, so, yeah, I people have been like, you should be a life coach. And like I've dabbled in the sense of like I've tried working with life coaches in the past i've worked with life coaches in the past like doing like writing and editing for them cool so yeah i'm i'm interested in that area but there's also a lot of things in that in that field that i'm like a little bit skeptical about um like false promises mostly of like i'll make you this much money and like mm. you'll be this you'll be so happy that like you will get married i don't know it's just like little things like that that i'm like that's no I just, I think there's something of like manifestation for sure. I believe in yeah. that. But then there's like a line of like, you cannot, you, there's certain things you just don't know. You can't promise that to someone so, just so they can give you some money. Like that's what's <laughs> weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like people can just like take it too far and it's like, you can't yeah. promise people that. And people, mm -hmm. you can give people the tools, but at the end of the day, it's in their hands what they do with those tools. So you can't really control their destiny with that. You know, you can be a great influence and um, give them the tools to, to get there. But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. you can't make them do something. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you like being a life coach? Like, how has that been for you? Yeah, it's been good. I enjoy it. I feel like what I like about it is like, as opposed to something like therapy, I get to be a little bit like over the top. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I might say something in a life coaching session or like whatever, just like that wouldn't in therapy, it would be like, oh, that's like a therapist should never do that, <laughs> you know? But it's like as a life coach, um, the context is so different. Like, yeah. yes, there are emotional things that we deal with. Yeah. But a lot of it is more so based on motivation uh. and how you're organizing your life, what your mentality is. Yeah. So I have a little more freedom 
to be yeah. um, a little extra. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, like, I feel like when I first started, I was, like, very much so trying to present, like, this guy who, like, has it all figured out, you yeah. know? And, um, you know, the reality is, like, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. I mean, like, who does? I, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of areas of my life I have. And just like you, like, I remember listening to Tony Robbins and all that uh-huh. stuff. Um, just, you know, you ask a shitty question, you get a shitty answer. Like, what types of questions are you asking yourself? And what's your, where are you putting your attention in your life? And those types of things that made me kind of reflect and, and learn from him. I was like, wow, you know, like, Tony Robbins can be very extra. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, I I think a lot of it... <laughs> Started with Tony Robbins. I'm just, I'm just figuring <laughs> that out now. You said it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to be, I think, to to find what for you is your inspiration and motivation, and like, and then to share that with other people is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it is rewarding um, seeing people, you know, achieve their potential. It's just like, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, because sometimes it takes a while for people to have breakthroughs. Mm. It's like you're planting seed after seed after seed. And sometimes they don't even feel like they're progressing. But then like one day or like one action that they do changes their entire perspective. And they can feel the results and you can see the Mm. results and you're like, damn, like this person's life (laughs) has changed. (laughs) Yes. Like that's a very rewarding feeling. Yeah. What's next for you? What's next? What's next for Emma? Um, I think I am writing daily and creating constantly. Um, And working on a couple creative projects. Want to make a web series. Keep getting better at stand-up. Have like a tight 15 maybe 30 minutes at, you know, something I can perform around the country would be amazing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm just so, I'm going to keep doing things, making videos, like performing and traveling. Okay. I'm all about (laughs) it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Are you going to continue with the Hump Day Cabaret? What's the future for that? So for Hump Day, um, we just had our Halloween show and our next show is going to be around Valentine's Day, February. Check it out. I'll sit. Um, and we're going to start doing it twice a year. Okay. I'm all about it. Yeah. What makes it raunchy? Oh, um, I think it's just like, we like to have fun. Like sometimes, you know, there's not really any nudity to be honest with you. Sorry to disappoint. Uh, someone actually thought we were a nude cabaret and they came and they were like, can I get my money back? Um, I was like, no, uh, we keep it. But yeah, we're just like no holds barred like you can say whatever you want on that stage really like talk about whatever you want like just act out like we've had characters and clowns that like do some crazy stuff and you're like shaking their ass like half naked like and it's funny and it's really good and people love it so all right that's how it's cool well we'll see everyone there listening then yes all right until next time thank you so much adam yeah you're most welcome thanks for coming